When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to In The Pockets, the bass guitar... Bop, 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 oh. Welcome to In The Pocket, the bass guitar podcast where we get the lowdown on the low end. My name's Johnny, a totally average bass player, and today uh, it's a bit of a special episode. Uh, I'm joined by a couple of friends. They're not here right now. Uh, we're going to catch up with them in a bit. Um, but I thought I'd break the mould a little bit, do something a bit wild, a bit different to our normal format. Uh, because it's been a big week for for gear news and stuff with the return, the triumphant return of uh, NAM. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, the NAM show is an annual event that happens in in the United States. Uh, that's you know it's organised by the National Association of Music Merchants, hence NAMMA. Maybe it should be called NAMMA instead of NAM. Who am I to say? Um, anyway, at NAM, you know, it used to be that merchants and uh sellers you know be the companies making the guitars manufacturers turn up and sell products to each other essentially display what the products are uh what their new releases are and then you see all companies leaving their cards behind saying oh i wanna i wanna make this many orders of this let's talk about doing business about this uh, it's a massive networking event to show off new gear um but now it's much more open to the public and uh being a online content world that we live in now and that you're listening to right now uh, being a part of it uh it's it's very outward facing and it's where a lot of companies drop their hot and fresh new products uh but this is normally done in the winter uh, the big nam and then they do a smaller summer nam um so they've said that they're not going to do the winter nam anymore so it's interesting move and interesting to see how companies react um so anyway, for this episode, I thought that we would just have a look at some of the things that are announced and then uh, talk to a couple of friends who have previously been guests on the podcast uh, who actually went to NAM. Uh, my friends in the United States, uh, Bully the Kid uh, and AMP the Bass Player. So we'll talk to them in just a little bit about their experiences. Uh, but first of all, I'm going to talk about my kind of favorite bits that I saw uh, announced over the weekend. Um, so starting off, uh, one that makes, seems to be making a lot of headlines uh, has been Ernie Ball with Music Man. Uh, so in the bass world, it's been mostly guitar related things. But in the bass world, uh, they have launched the Ernie Ball Stingray 5 35th anniversary. 35th anniversary Stingray 5. It almost seems unbelievable. Um, it's in this awesome trans buttercream finish oh sounds like just the name itself sounds incredible uh no pit guard block inlays um this like really really uh not burly it's almost like a, a flamed uh wood to the headstock and the back of the neck uh and this incredible binding Oh my god, it looks so good. There's no pit guard on there as well, which seems to be something that uh, Music Man are really into doing at the minute with their Stingray Fives, and I'm here for it. I'm a big fan of it. I think that looks really cool. Um, I don't love uh, the kind of headstock look compared to the body. Uh, it's a bit off, I think. But I've seen some, you know, the, like official pictures that they put up i think look worse than some of the videos i've seen of it so i think maybe it looks a little bit better in person um that being said it's still an incredible looking base um so it's i think it's about two thousand two hundred and fifty dollars for the just the h version and then they'll also bring out an hh uh two humbuckers eventually i think uh, they said but there's no price on that one yet so yeah that was it for money ball really there was 
I'm a bit disappointed because they did announce some new Sterlings uh, being having a saber for the guitars. I know I left that left that pause way too long to get you excited then because I would be so 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 up for them launching a saber in the um, in the bass range. The saber is one of my favorite basses uh, aesthetically from uh, Early Born. I, I would just love to have an affordable version i think it'd be incredible i think eventually they'll do it but you know i i also want to have a cutlass or a, um what's the other one called it always escapes my mind. a caprice that's it i'd love to see both of those as well because i just think they're awesome and uh, hard to find so yeah give them to us now so uh, an interesting showing from early ball they certainly made some headlines over the weekend um now I've taken some notes here and I've just written ESP. Damn. <laughs> um, so ESP have probably been one of my favorite companies at this convention because I didn't really hear much about it until I had to look for it. And oh my goodness, they have dropped some absolute clangers. They look incredible. Um, I've always been a big fan of the... Um, Oh, excuse me, of the GB4 base that they have launched with their like dual humbucker active. It's a bit like their version of a, um, uh, it looks a bit Thunderbird-esque, but mixed with some other elements as well. It's a bit rounder. They've got their Phoenix base, which is their Thunderbird copy. This one's more of like a reverse Thunderbird and oh, it's so good. So They've got the Orion 4 in Black Burst, which is a essentially a GB4, but with two Nordstrand pickups. And it is uh, the, it's actually a artist model of uh, the bass player from Behemoth. And, oh my gosh, uh, it might be my favorite bass of Nam. Like, it looks unreal. It's almost like a sandblasted black finish, all black hardware black headstock with a gold logo on it the Nordstrand suit I feel like I could just heal the punch of this bass from here um, they've also released the GB4 in this really interested violet Andromeda satin oh, the name's just so good uh, which is like a, almost like a um, what's the word the pearlescent uh, purple which is cool uh, some new uh, surveyors which is like a P, P base PJ configuration uh, AP4. They've got some more like more metally looking ones with the F series. They've got some new B series bases um, and the two new Phoenix models as well, which is uh, like I said before, their kind of answer to the Thunderbird. They've but with reverse headstocks. They've got one in silver burst, one in a tobacco sunburst. Seriously, go and check these out. Uh, I am I'm really impressed and I would love to play some of these they are all over a thousand dollars there's only a handful that are under and the cheapest one I think is about eight hundred dollars on here but man ESP one to watch <laughs> I think that's so cool um yeah probably one of my favorites from my hand it's all downhill from here oh dear no uh let's keep going um so uh Ashdown celebrating the 25th anniversary uh, with a new Evo 5 and uh, ABM 400 limited edition bass amp heads. I've always loved Ashdown. I had the ABM 500 Evo 3. Um, so this is the Evo 5 that they've got now. And uh, it's one that's a bit interesting. It's got two uh, VU meters on it now. You know, they're normally known for having the classic orange meter that goes up and down when you play, look really vintage looking. Uh, it's got two, one for input and output now on this one, which is just pretty cool. Uh, not not too much to say about those, but yeah, I'm here for it. Congrats, Ashdown, on the 25th anniversary. Um, another short bit of news, is another anniversary as well, another anniv 25th anniversary, that's funny, isn't it? Um, it's from Reverend. Um, I've played Reverend guitars before, I've never played a Reverend bass, and they have launched the Decision P. See what they did there? Can you, can you tell what type of bass that that's meant to be? A Decision P? Me neither. No idea. Um, they've released the 21st anniversary of that uh, in a silver freeze. Oh, so cold, so chilly. Um, 
it sounds <laughs> it sounds cold, but my goodness, is it hot? Uh, it looks really cool. Uh, I'm slowly getting into silver bases. I like. I used to hate silver burst, and now, now I really want one. <laughs> um, and talking of silver burst, you know, uh, another company that's just launched a new silver burst base is Vintage. They had quite a strong showing. I thought we saw some new, really brightly coloured jazzes uh, that they announced, uh, and then also um, this silver burst P base to match the jazz base. Um, and yeah, if you're after a brightly colored base, maybe like a, almost like the Sire P5, it's like minty green, uh, go and check out Vintage, man. Matching headstocks all around. Uh, looks like they've got like a Fiesta Red version as well, which is just screaming to be played. Um, and also a black P base with a mirror pit guard and like a thumb rest. It looks like someone, it would be somebody's signature model, but, uh, I, that's another thing I did never thought I'd like that I'm super into now is mirror pit guards. <laughs> so cool. Um, anyway, vintage. Hit me up. Let's let's work together because we're gonna do filthy things, filthy things. Um, okay, moving on to Dingwall. Dingwall had uh, a, looked like a fairly small showing, but uh, it was an impressive one at that because every single one that they launched, and I think they launched them on social media just before the event. They look really cool. So I'm going to go through these. I might have missed some things. Some things might not be necessarily new, but these are the ones that they were sharing. Um, and there are three particular standouts for their, their new bases that they're showing off. So the NG3s, the Nolly Get Good signature, has a new finish. It is the Celestial Blue. Oh, really nice. It's like a pale blue. It's a bit like... Um, the 60s classic vibe like a pelham blue type thing or a daphne blue um but a bit more bit more saturated a bit more sheen to it so that's really cool um the d-rock now this is like their thunderbird i would absolutely love a d-rock uh it's my favorite dingwall i think or is it uh we'll get on to that in a minute but it's one of my favorite shapes and i just think it's so cool so the d-rock they have got in uh california dreams finish now I'll be honest, I don't love this. Uh, it's it's a bit weird, but uh, I'm a bit weird, so it should be a match in heaven, really, you'd think, wouldn't it? Um, so it's this kind of weird-looking... Uh, it's got, like, a red sparkly bit down the middle uh, and then a wooden, almost, like, wooden effect pit guard on it and these really cool block inlays which make it look really futuristic. It's, I'll be honest, it is growing It is growing on me. Maybe in a couple of different finishes. Maybe if that was black down the middle or like an off-white, maybe, uh, then I'd be more into it. But, hell, I'm still here for it. Uh, it's it's still pretty cool looking. And, uh, okay, now, now I'm looking at pictures of it. And I, it's, I'm, I'm getting one over as we speak. So, yeah, that's a cool one. Oh, just to correct myself, the California Dreams one is this pale blue with almost like a sunset looking pink and orangey uh, stripe down the middle and then with a white uh, pit guard on it. And ah, oh, these things just scream character. They're wicked, man. I really want a dingwall. Slowly warming up to the afterburner shape. I think that is really cool. Um, and that particularly uh, got me onto this next base that they showed off uh, and Holy moly, it might just be my favorite dingwall I've ever seen. So this afterburner is roasted ash neck, not roasted maple, roasted ash. Um, in this almost uh, like an army green, a really deep, dark racing green. Um, oh, that with like the roasted neck look is incredible. Uh, and but, but what's weirder about this is that it's a new, quoting here, segmented line fretless fingerboard. Now, I had never, ever seen this before they announced this. And so it kind of blew my mind a little bit. And I had to look it up what it actually was. Essentially, when you're looking at the base, it looks like a normal base. But underneath where the string would hit the fret, uh, it's there's nothing there. It's fretless. And that I was thinking, well, is that... Does that mean it's half fretted? Some not fretted? Uh, no, it's it doesn't mean that. Uh, it's it's a fretless base, but it's just got 
the lines on there but not like a uh but not underneath where the where you push the string down essentially so it apparently some people find that when you get fret the spaces that are that have the lines on them the guides uh, that they can tell the sound difference and that there's you can get more fret buzzing and stuff like that but uh, you know it sounds like a, a finicky issue that uh, hasn't really had a need to be solved until now and uh, just a really good quality of life thing I suppose but it certainly looks really cool and that thing if they did that fretted it uh, uh, I think it's a five string anyway as it as it is but uh, if they did it for yeah it is a five string I just found some pictures if they did it fretted oh my god that would be the one for me I think jeez that is so good regardless of what you think about that it's a cool innovation and innovations is something I wanted to speak to our guests about today because I wanted to see what kind of new interesting stuff is is out there from some slightly smaller brands and I say that because what's interesting about this year's NAM is that the absence of a lot of big brands that normally have massive stands at these events uh, so no Fender no Gibson no PRS uh, why are they skipping out the event do they feel like they've outgrown it uh, is it you know is their brand recognition enough alone to sell the products they don't need to go to these conventions or spend the money and time and resources to to market themselves at these events maybe that is it for my kind of announcements there's loads of stuff that i've missed in there those are just kind of my top bits that i saw that i thought were interesting um we're going to jump into our conversations now with our good friends bully the kid and amp the bass player cool so now i am thrilled to be joined by alan brown aka bully the kid uh bully how are you how was nam i'm doing good and nam was a good time man nam was a good time sounds like you've been slapping every single bass that you can get your hands on uh yeah let's just go with yes yes <laughs> it, was, it was fun man it was yeah amazing yeah i was watching the live stream that you guys did on lobster's channel and just like the best, mm -hmm. the best time and no doubt some of these answers will be expanded on in that live stream so everyone should go and check that out um but i wanted to start things off you know get an opinion from someone that was actually there um and <laughs> some questions because i've kind of highlighted the things that i've seen that are big announcements and stuff and cool stuff but not really some of maybe the smaller brands that we want to shed some light on and things like that yeah um so first off would you say you know what was the standout base or the, the standout um brand there for you um i'm gonna go with marco bases um that's gonna be my number one and then <sighs> close bases is gonna be my number two Ooh. uh marco bases it's a uh, it's kind of like a boutique high end, but they, of course I slap it, but like they're how it feels. It feels like I've owned it type of thing. Mm. So as soon as I picked it up, I felt like I had set it up. I felt like, like it was there, like perfect. Like, and it was a passive base. So, uh, I'm sure there's going to be video or something like that on my channel. I have to, I have to find it. Somebody has it, but it was, it was a good time. And that we kind of, us as a group, Lobster, Amp, uh, Chris, Johan, Dale, we we all kind of drew a circle of viewers when we were playing because we were just swapping out like, hey, you, you should get your hands on this one. And then we started grooving together. It was a good time, man. That's awesome. And, and yeah. not surprised, uh, a, you know, a group of people have uh, surrounded you. It sounds like some kind of like tribe or like a ritual going yeah. on. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, and what kind of bases are they doing? Like you say, it's more like boutique stuff. Is it your standard? Like uh, I've seen little bits from them um, just over the weekend. Yeah, uh, mo most of it is uh, you know playing with exotic woods and playing with different finishes, different bursts. Um, when I say high end, I'm I'm not saying the whole thing is alien mahogany 
or anything like that, but they're playing with a normal uh, ash with a burl top and a burst or some type of combination of those things. And um, that was the vast majority of their bases, just random wood plays. Uh, they'll take a top and half of it will be one type of spotted uh, burl or something. And then they'll play with a different hue of wood on the other side, kind of like the yin-yang thing from Federa. Yeah but like a see-through wood grain thing. And then they were running uh, the inlays to those uh, to follow suit. So that the inlays are the same woods up the neck. So that type of thing. Yeah, it's it's as sexy as you think it is. Yeah, it sounds absolute <laughs> filth. I'm going to have to relieve myself after this. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I can't wait to hear those on your channel, no doubt. Um, so I suppose this might kind of be the answer to this next question as well, unless you'd heard of them before. So was there kind of an unexpected surprise at NAM that blew you away? Uh, yeah. Again, I said the number one and number two. I didn't explain the number two. Uh, close bases. Uh, their whole thing is carbon fiber, and uh, it's extremely lightweight. One caveat or one drawback at the present moment, because they're relatively new, they don't they don't currently have a uh, five string version of their base. They only have fours. So Lobster, Dale and I kind of took them through its paces and it's I'm not exaggerating. It's no heavier than seven pounds really? for four string. Like it's ridiculous because it's a carbon fiber neck cool. and uh, they just put the uh, whatever wood fretboard you want to do there. And then they add it to like an alder body or maybe an ash body. And then they have a few, I think they said they have a prototype where they even chamber the bases to make them even lighter. So uh, me playing it and uh, the ones that I played had Fishman pickups in it. So it was like glass clear. Yeah, It nice. was, it was a good time, dude. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can, I think that's the one that um, AMP, the bass player, did a great video on, isn't it? These ones, the cup. Either he, either he's done it or he's about to do it. I think Lobster is also in that group. And prayers up, I'll be <laughs> also joining the band because I want to get my hands on one. It's, too. it's so light; it won't cost much to ship it, mate. So he'll be alright. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> um, but yeah, carbon fiber necks. You know, they've been around. For a while i've never played one though because they're not that common mm -hmm. really or accessible no, like an affordable market um so I'd, lo I'd love to get my hands on one of those it seems really cool and uh it sounds like that it doesn't really have any impact if anything a positive impact on on the tone or the feel or sound of the bass well more importantly it didn't seem to have a negative impact mm -hmm. on the bass itself uh it was mostly jazz or uh, like a humbucker setup. I didn't see any P setup that way, but it was mostly like a jazz or a double humbucker type thing. That's what they were tending towards. And I feel like that's probably because uh, maybe the tone woods wouldn't resonate mid frequencies very well. Maybe. I was going to say, so, it sounds like a scooped kind of trendy sound yeah. that it's kind of going for. And, and also, you knowing me as a person, that's my jam. That's my marmalade right there. So uh, it, it was a good time. I actually played the passive version more than I played the active version by choice, really? which is also weird. Yeah, it was weird, man. So yeah, I was favoring the back pickup as well, which is also weird. Are you okay? For me. Are you okay? Is this week I'm talking to you? <laughs> I said 60% of the time, oh, man, I was blasting. <laughs> and it worked every time. 60% of the time, he slaps every time. Every time. Nice. Um, so I suppose it's a very AKA Sex Panther. <laughs> uh, sorry, Mom. No need to. Go ahead. Um, so I, I wonder if you saw um, whilst you're there, you know, we, we tend to go through trends within the market, whether it's short scales or multi scales, you know, you see thick trends popping in and out uh, every now and then. Uh -huh. Did you notice anything at this year's NAM that's jumping out? Like, yeah, this is going to be the the next thing that people are doing. Well, multi scale. I've seen a lot more of them on display 
from uh, the boutique areas, like the uh, collection, like the, what do you call it? It's a collection of uh, innovative bases all in one area. So I call it the boutique section. Um, and there was a lot of multi-scale bases there. There were a lot of semi-violin shaped bases there. Maybe not like the actual traditional violin, like the beetle bass, but more like a uh, uh, like a one cut type neck. It had the thick horn that kind of met the neck type deal. That it was a lot of that, um, and also in a twist, there's a lot of leaning towards retro visuals. So uh, I've seen at least four or five different companies that went with like a uh Sarek base type deal really? and i say that because that's where my you know when you want something that's what you see yeah. everywhere so i was seeing a lot of bases that gave me that vibe i was like yeah i could i could see this in maybe a british pump type thing you know you know nice what was it like the lincoln shape from Sarek? more or le more or less yeah I actually think the bass I'm thinking about, the bridge pickup itself was a Sarek pickup. Oh, I, I've seen, I think I've seen this, um, that exact one. It's got like, they're two different pickups, aren't they? Yeah, they. The, I think the top one's a Guild for whatever reason. And then the back one is a Sarek. It plays and sounds great, especially if you like vintage tone, like tube drive. Yeah, yeah like I said, British punk, but pretty much all driving British songs that's the mindset i go to whenever i hear it played out of course i slapped it and it, it's pretty good as well but you know i didn't have a pick so i used my thumb as always i feel like i've got so. a pick in my hand 90 percent of the time <laughs> whatever i'm doing i'll be in the shower and be like oh well this <laughs> um, cool well, we all have our vices <laughs> Your thumbs like constantly going. It's it's always yeah, <laughs> um, always thumbs up. So talking about like uh, you said the words uh, innovative in there for some things that you saw, brings me on to the next mm -hmm. question, which is, what do you think is like the most innovative product that you saw? I think the the crossing over vintage to modern and making the mel the amalgam of both of those worlds mm. tighter. Like, you know how they had like, uh, Mark Bass has a thing where they have like two different emulators, the two yellow knobs at the top, right? Like it's like a VLE and like a VLC, yeah. one's more modern, one's more vintage. Mm -hmm. But there was still a, there was a, a rift between the two when they would mix. They could kind of mix and you can kind of get there. But like now, the technology of how a tube amp sounds along with how a, maybe a MOSFET amp sounds, the the meeting of those two in the middle so that you can click a button and immediately go there, it's happening more often than not. Uh, and it's housed in vintage shapes. So it'll be like a whole digital board amp, but it'll be in like a tube housing type deal. One person or one company that I'm interested in getting with is Laney because they came out with what I'm talking about and they had it in like a vertical 410 with offset subs. This is the Digbeth amp, right? That, that's what I want. That's what I want as my next amp. That's that's what I want. And I'm putting it right over here. Yeah. You can't see it, but see this area right here? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Just stacking all yeah, up right there. Because yeah, that's exactly what you say. They've got this tilt feature as well on the amps. And this when it like throws bass at the ground so it has presence. Mm -hmm. Man, I got to playing it again while I was by myself. And uh they brought a they brought out a uh Ibanez, uh like an Ibanez, I wanna say it's probably like a 506 or 806. It's pretty good, pretty good as a standard to go for it. Uh brand new strings on it, and they was like you ready to go? I was like, let's see. Tuned it up. Do, 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 do. All right, here we go. I looked around. Proceeded to slap. And then everyone... <laughs> it's pretty much what happened. Like I went into a, I went into a world. I went into a world for maybe like 45 seconds of like double double stops and all type of crap. And I turned like I came out of it 
and I turned around, and people were like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Yep, yep, that's that's what you, yeah." <laughs> and I was like, I'm, "I'm sorry, was I too loud? <laughs> was I too loud? I'm sorry. I, I got happy. I like this." <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've, my, um, my friend Danny, who's been on a podcast before, I think it was the first ever guest. Mm-hmm. Actually, he, um, he's just upgraded his whole rig to Digbeth one and he's got he's you know got the 500 head with the the vertical cab and he's also got the mm. preamp pedal as well um mm. and yeah i i'm gassed for those that rate yeah, man, i dig it uh, i dig it so i didn't even think about laney as a base company really and then i was like that's way too deep for a guitar cabinet so I kind of was just staring at it, trying to figure stuff out without being, yeah. And then they was like, can we help you? I was like, y'all do bass cabinets? And they were like, yeah. Like, oh, please, come this way. <laughs> I was like, do you do it well? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Lenny, uh, uh, they're a funny one because they're a British company. Um, so they're, they're a lot more common over here. Like there's loads of Laney, like really affordable stuff. I've had a Laney base cab before. Uh, they did, okay. um, oh, what did they have? I can't remember the name of their last range that they did, but that was uh, the Nexus, I think it was called. It had a load of built-in effects, I think, as well. Um, okay. But yeah, this one has been the one to really turn my head for sure. Okay. Um, cool. Well, that's made me very excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... The the last question that I thought I'd ask is, now you've been to one NAM before, I'm assuming mm-hmm. pre-COVID pandemic world as well. No, it was oh. last year, maybe. Yeah, last year around this time. Oh, okay. 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 Well, yeah. what do you think then, based on those two experiences, what do you think the future of NAM looks like? Well, the from what I understand, NAM was a crazy experience pre-COVID. Like COVID came through and kind of shut everything down. Uh, They, I think last year, January, they just decided not to do it. And then uh, the one in Nashville, they actually started it, but a lot of big companies didn't really show up and it was kind of empty. It was still a good experience because I'd never been there and I got to, you know, it was, it was a lot easier to have a good conversation with the people that are creating the products for me. Like I didn't have to worry about, Oh, I'm taking up too much of his time or anything like that. So from there to here, there's more foot traffic. It's a more electric scene. Um, Of course, the one that I went to before was in Nashville. So it's a little bit more of a party type situation than the California one because, uh, that NAM show was like right next door to the strip where everything there's like honky tonk bars stacked on top honky tonk bar. It's, it was crazy. It was ridiculous. And, uh, Cali was a lot more laid back. You had to kind of go and find your trouble, which is good. I assume. Uh, but that's as far as experiences go, but the people that were there were easily two to three times more than what was in Nashville. Mm. I'll say that. So, there was a lot more uh, specified areas, like a whole drum, Thunder Central. Then there was a lot of um, accessory shops, like uh, pickup holder places, people selling straps, people selling a lot of ukulele bases or uh, ukes, period. And uh, yeah, there was night and day difference. But I, I'm kind of, I'm hopeful because that convention center was huge. So I'm thinking next go around which will be next year i don't think they're doing a winter now but next go around it should be even bigger of a situation than it was this time so i'm i'm interested yeah fingers crossed because i mean traditionally you know all the big names and everyone's there and they really they the winter one's normally the big one it's all like january time bam mm-hmm. everyone drops their products it's massive mm-hmm. and then the summer one's like a uh, slightly smaller one, smaller one, if you like. So interesting yeah, to see if so. they switch that around. And- I feel like they're going to have to because they're not doing the Nashville area location anymore. Each time they have it, it's going to be in Anaheim. At least that's what the website says. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But like uh, Fender, I didn't see them there. Uh, 
MTD had a very small booth there, um, like really small, maybe six feet across, I guess. But um, Ibanez had a pretty good showing. Music Man was there. Uh, Rickenbacker had a middle space. But Ibanez had like a freaking maze of bases that you can go and walk through. It was cool. Oh. So, yeah. It sounds like it should be a nightmare. Like, oh, I'm stuck in a maze. But if it's of bases. Of base. <laughs> Fine by me. Leave me there. <laughs> Pretty much. Just don't don't come don't come and knock it. This base is a rocket, you know. Incredible. Yeah, it's it's interesting yeah. with like some of the big brands not showing their face. Obviously, like it might be that I don't know if some of them feel like they've outgrown it or like why spends like thirty thousand dollars or whatever to have a spot there when we made exactly the same sales on our, Without our brand name alone yeah yes um, yeah so, so there is that there is that there but if you do come well fender did come out with the meteor and then last year they came out or year before the american pro 2 and stuff so they do have something to bring to the table that's newer but yeah, exactly what you said. If I if I made my bottom line without all the exposure because of what we had to go through the last two years, and what's the point of me spending money out of the budget to just show up and then have to pay people on top of that and produce the instruments, you know? So I guess I kind of get it, but as a fanboy, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you just want to see it all as well and try as much as possible, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for the consumer or the person that's going out of fun or to try things then yeah it's, it's a it's a sad time i suppose traditionally it's a it was set up to for them to market it to other companies and suppliers isn't it or to each other mm -hmm. rather than the public whereas this time mm -hmm. it was open all three days to the public so it's more public facing maybe now more or less yeah uh there were a lot of people that do what we do uh, from all walks of life, uh, all levels of entertainment. Uh, notably, got to chop it up with Adam Neely. I saw. That's yeah. And he just, I didn't, like, I was in the middle of looking at, like, I bought I bought the Ibanez, right? Like, I bought a six-string 1805, right? And uh, I was just looking at it, I was like, I got that at home. I can't wait to get back up. I'll play that. I'm going to slap it. And then, like, I heard his voice behind me. So I turn around. Oh, keep it together, baby. Keep it together. Keep it together. Mm-hmm. Cute and cuddly. Cute and cuddly. How you doing, sir? I hope you said that out loud to him. <laughs> Cute and cuddly, hello. It doesn't know if it's me or him. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, uh. But also, you're large, so I don't want to. I don't want to offend. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man, he was cool. Rode down to earth. Got to ask him some questions, and um, yeah, it was that conversation was a blur. Like it was just happening organically, and you know. Oh, that's the best kind, it though. It sucks when it's like, like they're not what you think they're gonna be, or you know, never beat your heroes type thing. But that sounds like it was. A oh, he's exactly like I thought he was yeah, gonna be. So good. I was like, that's pretty cool. That's good. And I, I feel like I feel like it was some of the conversation was recorded. I feel like it was, but I can't guarantee. In my mind, it's all blurred. Yeah. So, you know. so on that, have you got content coming out around Nam? Uh, yeah, I'm actually gonna uh, compile. I think the whole group does. Lobster's uh, still on vacation till maybe next week or so. So he'll his stuff will come out a little bit later. But I'll be working on something probably tonight, maybe tomorrow night. And try to push that out on like Thursday or Friday or so. So yeah, beautiful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for popping in and uh, featuring on this episode. Absolutely. Uh, it's been amazing to hear your take on it all, and uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, speak to someone that was actually bloody there. So <laughs> thank you so much, mate, and I'll speak to you soon. All right, have a good one. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Oh, okay. So I feel like I've just switched on character then. Got, got turned up the energy like 20%. Woohoo! <laughs> we we can't we can't be a, be like a comfortable three. We got to be ten. <laughs> Turn it all the way up to eleven on our amps for this one. No one will listen to this if we we aren't jazzed out of our minds. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a precision actually. Thanks very much. Um, hey, I uh-huh. that reference. Um, so now I am joined by Andrew, aka AMP, the bass player. How are you, my friend? Doing great. How are you? Oh, I, not too bad, you know. It's uh, it's uh, it's getting on a bit. I'm gonna go and watch Obi Wan Kenobi after this. So uh, hey, good. yeah, good me stuff. too. Oh, nice. Well, I've not heard great things about this episode, so oh, we'll I all I've heard is that it's short. Oh, really? Hmm. It doesn't feel like we're like halfway through the season now. I think that's my only thing. Come on. Yeah, right about there. Anyway, <laughs> that's a whole separate podcast, maybe. We can off it. <laughs> we'll talk about the rebel base later. <laughs> we, we, hey, let's start a podcast and call it Broby One Kenobi. Just two, just two bros <laughs> talking about Obi Wan. Uh, the world does need more podcasts. <laughs> yeah, but it's one thing we're lacking <laughs> supply um, anyway. and demand, you know. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so I just wanted to get some different uh, thoughts on a um, bit of coverage of things I might have missed, that kind of thing. So starting off, obviously, this is this is your first ever one that you've been to, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, I've never been to Nam before. And truth be told, I, I haven't ever really paid that much attention to it. Like, not specifically. It was always just like a thing I was kind of aware of that was a big deal for the music industry. Which, by the way, off the top of your head, do you know what NAMM stands for? Oh, I, don't, I don't think very many people do. It, isn't it like, well, I want to say like National Association of like Music, uh, not retailers, because that's not NARM. Or yeah, uh, yeah. You're, you're, you're on the right track. It's music merchants. Merchants, that's the word. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing, because the original thing that it was, was business businesses it was a b2b conference essentially selling to other businesses where they'd come together and and people would leave their cards with their you know yeah i'll take so many of these you know to launch their new products to a a captive audience um but now you know and it's now become the place where people drop their new stuff for the year normally the big winter one happening in january um that's when everyone does like, like big drops for the year um and so you get loads of like YouTube coverage of stuff, and it's become much more like outward facing now, uh, as a proper full blown event. And uh, mm-hmm. you know that's developed over the, the very brief history of of, of them. Um, but and we'll we'll come on to the history turning into the future later on because I'd like to discuss that with you. Um, first of all, though, uh, what were your, what were your first impressions when you when you got there? Well, my first impressions was was like this. This is huge. There are so many people here. There is so much gear here. This is unbelievable. And then, as I was talking to people, the sentiment that I got was, "Oh, we're kind of disappointed how small Nam is this year." And it's like, "Oh, really? Like I'm still like so overwhelmed, and and this isn't even like the full power of of the of the <laughs> Nam show. Like, holy cow! I can't imagine what this place might have been like. You know, in 2019, I guess it would have been the last like full one, right?" Yeah, well, interesting. I suppose we're kind of on the topic now, so I guess we'll kind of talk about the how it's been going and how it will be going. Why yeah. not? Shame yeah. That. Um, well, I feel like a lot of the big names not being there has that you know not brought as many people in. Obviously, it's a smaller place. Are they struggling to fill the stands? I don't know. Uh, it sounded like the vibe that you got was that 
it's kind of not as big as it used to be. Um, but then maybe after the pandemic, it's kind of got a recharge of it. I don't know. The I, I spoke to a, a friend of mine. He he's been in the industry for a long time as a guitar player, and he said that like while there weren't as many moves as, as usual, and then of course like notable big players missing, like uh, Fender and Gibson, there were there were just as many people. Like it was still very well attended. And so like on one hand, I'm like maybe maybe Fender feels like they're big enough that they don't need to go to Nam. Like they don't need to have a big presence there because like they're they're I mean their YouTube channel is far and away one of the most popular you know music brand uh, channels on the platform and then i think gibson started theirs up in like 2018 and i think that they've rolled it into kind of a similar thing it's like well if we release a product and we put it up on our youtube channel we'll get just as much coverage than if we did that and went to nam i think that's kind of the calculus you have to kind of run as, as a as a brand is like how how much does nam actually help us because like brand awareness is not really a problem for either of them, right? Like everybody knows Fender, everybody knows Gibson, blah, 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 blah. Like, so I'm, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to shift to just sort of having like their own thing, kind of yeah. like the, the Apple model where it's like, we're going to have our own event. We're going to do our own thing with blackjack and hookers, right? Like, <laughs> like we don't, we don't need to be with all the plebeians, but I think the positive side of that is that that leaves a vacuum for other brands to step up. Like pretty notably, the uh, Yamaha booth was elaborate. Ooh, I've like not they, heard anything about the Yamaha booth this year. I, I I think I had a brief thing on my story. I'm still waiting on on footage from from all the guys, but like um in the third floor of the show, because you have just like tons of booths, you know, all crammed together on the first floor, and then the second and third floor they have like rooms for for other brands so like esp had a pretty good sized room that was just for them and then on the top floor you have you know yamaha who is sponsoring a lot of it like they had a big stage outside too where they had bands performing all day and stuff but their specific room like it had this gigantic like chandelier looking thing that was like the yamaha logo and then this big round stage in the middle of it where they had like a full band set up like playing throughout the day and then they had um little sections throughout this big room is very like if like if apple went on dark mode like imagine an apple store on dark mode but they had little like kiosks where you could like take an instrument off and like plug it into like a headphone amp and then demo things that way which was actually kind of hilarious because obviously yamaha owns ampeg now so they had you know the the svt fridge but you could only run it with headphones, which I kind of found funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, make, it makes sense because they don't want to disrupt everybody and in, in, of the you know the, the live performance they have they, going they on. They should make it's a like... headphone amp that vibrates your entire body, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, people talk about the SVT sound, and I I actually think that it's less the the head and and more the cab. But you know, and that's oh. neither here nor there. But yeah, in in the absence of Fender of Gibson, other brands do have their time to shine. So maybe we'll just see more of other brands fill the space that gets left behind. Maybe we won't. I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, I think that's, that's you know, from the outside, people might go like, oh, instantly, I, this brand's not being there. Oh, it's all going downhill. That's not good. But actually, like I say, it has the potential for cool innovations to come in through these other companies, mm-hmm. uh, getting bigger and getting more, uh, you know, more eyes on them. Right. Uh, through a, uh, such a big event like this uh that sounds really cool i, I want to go and check out some pictures of that yamaha booth now and i'll you know eagerly await all of you guys uh videos on it uh, yeah hopefully by the time we all finish them people haven't forgotten about it that's the thing. <laughs> like i know a lot of people when they cover other events like they'll they'll make their they'll finish up their videos from their hotel rooms before mm-hmm. they even go home and it's like eh, it's it's gonna be at least next week before i get this done <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, i imagine there's so much footage that you guys got oh um, yeah I was just thinking then, actually, like about them setting up a, st- a big stage, and I saw like a big stage with bands performing at Nam. Oh, what a nerve-wracking place to play <laughs> in front of <laughs> loads of musicians and professional <laughs> audio people. They're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not not just like the you know average Joe who doesn't know anything about music. You're you're getting. You're getting uh, critical and informed eyes on you. Yeah. But and actually, to that point, it was really fun. You know, just being with our our whole little entourage. There were seven of us with Lobsters Crew and, and Bully. But every time the the Bully would sit down and demo anything, this crowd would kind of form around him just because he's such an exciting player. 
<laughs> so it was just like he would steal the show everywhere he went. <laughs> yeah, and like every, everywhere he goes, that that thing's getting slapped, you know. So it's almost like, oh, I can follow his trail of slapping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, it uh, certainly looked like you've got your hands on a lot of guitars whilst you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say was like the standout one for you? Oh, it was the the Fordite bass. And I'm trying to think who, I can't even remember the, the manufacturer on it now. I'd have to go back and look at my photo. But the, the thing that was cool about it, because it was a smaller like boutique brand, but what they had done is the, there was a veneer on, on all of it, matching headstock with this material called Fordite, which is apparently residual paint from painting cars. So like Ford, oh. car, Fordite. So oh, okay. it ends up kind of giving, you know, when you like have a, um, a dipped guitar, like the paint dipping thing that they do, it kind of has a, that sort of a vibe, but it's, it's just this swirl of all of these different colors and it just looks stunning in person. And then they had like matching pickup covers and the control knobs were all still all made out of this stuff. Like it was gorgeous. And, uh, and then of course the, the, the bass itself was just flawless in every other way and sounded amazing. But like, I just couldn't get over how striking it looked. It's just gorgeous gorgeous bass i feel like in a sea of guitars that are there you know for something to really grab your attention like that it's got to be stunning you know oh oh yeah i mean there's you know thousands of instruments on that show floor and it was, it was either that or the lego guitar <laughs> like a, a fully functional guitar made almost entirely out of lego <laughs> <laughs> incredible well i'm could you could they sell that as build your own kits? You know, yes. <laughs> well, Fender actually does make a like a little small model guitar. Yes. As soon they as they do. make a bass for it, Fender, you're I know you're out there listening here. Make a make a, a Lego set of a bass, and I will be first in line to buy it. You heard it here. I want that <laughs> 60s P bass, please. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I've I've actually thought exactly the same thing because I've seen it in the shop before and gone, oh, I could, but I feel like a bit of a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> nah, oh, no, I'm all right. Um, yeah, full size one, please, or a short scale. I'll take that. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I suppose that might be the answer for this one as well. Because was there any kind of unexpected surprises that you saw there, or things you didn't expect to see? Oh, um, unexpected. Um, the Torzal base. I don't know if you've ever heard of Torzal. No. Um, and th- this might be because I know you're going to ask about like innovative and this was, but this one was just all also like just, well, that's super odd. Uh, Torzal does twisted bases. Oh, I saw, yeah, I saw pictures of this on your live stream and you guys talking about this. Yeah. So, I mean, he has different degrees of twist, but the idea is that it keeps your wrists straighter. And I've seen this, this, um, before, like I remember it from years and years ago when he first like started out and it came out and it was like oh the twisted bass and i was just like yeah like what what would that matter yeah but when you actually get your hands on it you immediately just go oh okay absurdly comfortable wow like wickedly comfortable like it it, it was it's just like slight degrees that bring the the neck closer around towards you know the bottom and then the bridge like kind of pokes out so that your wrist keeps straight and it it is absurd how comfortable it is I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm doing it with my hand now, like thinking, how does that? How would that feel? But I, I to- can totally feel, get that, you know. Yeah. Well, that's so strange. Did it, I feel like I'd want to bend more if it's kind of got like this slant to it? I don't know. Did it feel quite natural to play still? Yeah, yeah, very, very natural. I think the the, on, the one and only problem that we discovered with it, and and it's probably the the reason why they don't make guitars this way, is that if you bend notes very far, you get fret buzz. Mm-hmm. So like that that would kind of be a deal breaker for a guitar. But on bass, like that's a technique that you can kind of live without. Yeah, that totally depends on your playing style, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I I totally forgotten about that when when you guys had spoken about it. Um, no, uh, guys at home, I wonder if, you know, you could just make your own one of those if you just chuck your bass in the lake, leave it for a couple of days, bring it out, and it's all warped. Done. Maybe that's yeah. how this idea came about. <laughs> it had been on a couple of flights. Just <laughs> a happy accident. Yeah. 
I, I was just I'm just imagining him like as a small boy, like picking up a stick. Oh, feeling so good in their hands. Yeah, yeah. Into a guitar. <laughs> nice. Oh, cool. I'd I'd love to try something like that. I love like totally putting something on its head and uh thinking about it in, in a different way. So that's really Yeah, cool. that it's 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 so cool that there are thousands of people all out there all looking at, at instruments and thinking like, what could we just do different? Just for no other reason than to make it different. Yeah, and they're what... all like, "How do we, how do we solve these little tiny problems?" Because all the big problems have been solved a thousand times over, right? So, like little innovations like that, it's just like there's always room for something else to get more interesting or better or improved. Yeah, and it like takes us to that, that next step. It's a bit mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of um, uh, Dingwall. Um, I think I'm going to talk about it in my earlier bit. Um, have released like this a fretless bass five string but it's got like gaps in the middle where the string sits so it's got this almost like a fret marker going across but not oh where the yeah is. i can't remember yeah. the name of it that they've given it no um, i remember seeing that that's it's a bizarre idea but yeah and apparently it's to stop you know because like the real finicky fretless players out there will be like oh well i, I you can tell the, the it doesn't play quite the same or there's you can get buzz if you've got a fret marker on there which i never really knew or understood before because i was like Mm -hmm. why why is this a thing um but apparently that's why and so that's like one of those tiny little problems that they've just like tried to solve with an innovation yeah whether something which i which i wonder if ding wall has has thought about this if you do that setup where you have like the partial frets to make it a fretless Mm. but then go multi-scale with it Oh, you're talking naughty things now. Naughty, dirty <laughs> things to say. Yeah, that would be cool. And like, what I, I'm imagining now, like, because when I first saw it, I thought, is is it just fretless in the middle? And then I just like, if you bend it, it's not a fretless. I was like, what the hell's this? <laughs> Maybe know. that's an innovation that we don't need. <laughs> right. <laughs> we might see. Who knows? Um. So we kind of we you know we're talking about little innovations and stuff in here. It kind of segues into the question that's a bit later. Um, is there anything that kind of stood out for something being quite uh, innovative apart from this uh, this warped bendy boy? Um, as far as other innovations, I'm trying to think, because like the the vast majority of 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 the instruments that that I personally got my hands on were were just really, really expensive, <laughs> but otherwise, you know, fairly standard instruments, you know, as far as just like controls and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. The, the Torzal, I think was about the only thing that I remember getting my hands on that. I was just like, that feels like futuristic to me. That, that feels like out of the box. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'll accept that as your answer. Okay. Okay. Good enough. <laughs> Closer to that million pounds. Um, right. Last one. Last one we got is about trends. Were there any things that you know we've been in a short scale phase for a while? Uh, always, always looking to see what might be next. Is there going to be some semi hollow trends going on? Uh, did you notice anything throughout? Maybe more of just a design trend, and it was just such a bizarre thing to to notice. But lollipop tuners. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw those on so many bases and normally that's just like a like an old vintage throwback thing but i was seeing them on all of them like everywhere well and they, they was on like that, that fordite base in, in particular they had it was decked out in gold hardware but lollipop tuners yeah. and like that was one of the the first booths that we stopped by and i, I remember like thinking oh well, that's an, an interesting choice this really modern base with this crazy material on the front of it and then vintage lollipop tuners that's interesting and then i just kept seeing them over and over and over again interesting they're, i guess they're just kind of having a moment people like that vintage feel or, or something like, I, I don't know I, i'm about it i think it's cool yeah no i've I've never had one with with them on it check me i don't have one right now no definitely don't have one right now. <laughs> yeah they're probably all clover style or even like the uh the ibanez like tea style yeah 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 the clover ones maybe there's just a world shortage of that stencil or that shape <laughs> somehow <laughs> it's, it's become an nft somebody's got the original <laughs> i'd sell you an nft of a lollipop tuner <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna make bank in a few years when it, when it uh, when every brand's doing it 
Nice, cool. Well, you know, I'm here for that. I'm, I'm up for that. It's a nice little change that, uh, yeah. that can bring some vintage vibes to some modern looking bases. I like it. Yeah. Nice one. Cool. Well, the last question was going to be Future of Nam. I feel like we've already covered that in the start. Yeah, we, we did things backwards. Just like we always like to do, you and I, you know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> that, is our, that is our thing that we always do. <laughs> what are we like, eh? Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> um, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for helping me out with this and uh, jumping in and sharing your thoughts, wisdom, and experience with the viewers. Absolutely. Anytime. Always a pleasure, Johnny. Beautiful. Have a great day, my friend. Speak to you soon. Yeah, you too. Take care. So there you have it. That is our NAM special episode uh, coming to a close. If you liked this, don't forget to give it a five-star review um, on your platform, listening platform of choice, or if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, then give it a like and uh, leave me a comment down below uh, saying what your favorite thing from NAM was. Normally, I get questions that I answer on this podcast from the audience at home, and you can do that. You can submit your questions by following me on Instagram at Johnny Dibble and looking out for my question submission posts that I normally put on my stories. So yeah, just keep an eye out and you might be able to get involved. Once again, thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.